Well, good morning, everybody. That was a very powerful worship time, Dennis. Uh, thank you for leading us into the presence of God that way. Very beautiful thing. Sometimes uh, we can get stuck in a rut uh, with no idea how to improve or fix it. This happens in all sorts of ways and uh, for all sorts of reasons. And it can be useful to have a mentor who can show the way and share their experiences and provide an example um, to make a way. I'm going to be speaking from uh, the book of Philippians today. And uh, in the text that I've chosen, uh, Philippians 2, and, uh, yeah, the second chapter of Philippians, uh, from verse 5 onwards, um, Paul holds Jesus up as the mentor on holy living. presents Jesus as the ultimate example to follow. He begins uh, from verse 5. He says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And, being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord the glory of God the Father. See, here we have here we have a problem. A problem that we all come across and the problem is called the sin problem. And someone's singing at me. someone's phone somewhere anyway um, whoever that belongs to could you please turn it off that would be really helpful thank you Dennis Okay, so we have a problem. And the problem isn't songs in church. The problem, <laughs> you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And sure, bring a song, bring a psalm, bring a hymn. Um, but uh, right now I'd like to bring a word. <laughs> 
And uh, we have this problem, this sin problem. It's a rut that no one gets out of. Not on their own anyway. Okay. So, Paul goes on in verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, so because Jesus is this wonderful example, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation, which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. In order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So we have this sin problem. okay? Paul exhorts us to work out our salvation according to the example that Christ has given. We have been saved, but from what? From sin, of course. This theme of sin runs through our lives and it runs through the Bible from beginning to end. We see something, we grasp a hold of it, we ignore God's advice and commands and decide to do things our own way and everything goes to hell. Possibly even in a handbasket. It's been like that from the beginning. Eve saw some fruit. She saw it. She wanted it. She took it. You will be like God. Knowing both good and evil. You can decide for yourself what is good and evil. Equality with God can be grasped, says the serpent. Adam saw equality with God as something to be grasped from his wife's hand. And he took it. He saw it, he wanted it, he took it, he ate it. And they were exiled from paradise. Their sons, Cain and Abel, Cain saw that Abel was being honoured. He saw it, he wanted it, and he took it the wrong way. And his brother died at his hand. We see Abraham. God promised him a son. But Abraham saw his wife's maidservant. He saw her, he took her, and Ishmael was the result. Along with centuries of warfare and strife. David saw Bathsheba having a bath. He saw her, he wanted her, he took her. And God killed the child of that union. Over and over again, we see the same theme. I see it, I want it, I take it, and I don't give a damn. And the whole world burns. We see this theme over and over. This is the human condition. This is the frailty of the flesh right there. 
trapping us in this pattern, a cycle that we can't get out of, a rut that we get stuck in. And it happens every day. I see something, I want it, I take it. We see, we want and we take and everyone suffers for it. So what's the solution? Now that we know how sin works, we can see here in Philippians that Christ, by his very nature in the Gospels, has provided the antidote, the way of being that is the opposite to this. He did not see equality with God as something to be grasped. He didn't say, oh, well, I already know what is right and good and what is wrong. I can decide that for myself. No, instead he made himself a servant. He was obedient, for the Son only does what he sees the Father doing. Even to death on a cross, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours. We see Christ tempted in the desert. See the kingdoms of the world. See these people at the foot of the temple. See these stones and make a lunch. I know you're hungry. I know you're here to impress people and make them listen to you. I know that you want to save the world. Here it is, says the devil in the desert. Take it. Gratify yourself. And yet Christ refuses to. It would be so easy to take the shortcut, but he doesn't. Instead, he makes himself obedient to God. And even though he goes down into death, he is raised up again. For where sin leads to death, righteousness leads to life. Life so great and so powerful that death cannot lay a hand on Christ. And now he is exalted to the highest place. And now he has the name above every other name. You see there? He didn't need to grasp equality with God. By making himself a servant, he achieved everything that you could possibly want in terms of power and authority. That every name, every knee should bow at his name. In heaven, on earth and under. Doing it God's way leads to so much better results. Paul here exhorts the Philippians that their attitude should be the same. And so should ours if we want sin to be a thing of the past. If we want freedom instead of bondage. If we want to get out of that rut. The reason is that this attitude is the antidote for sin. And by living this way, we are literally doing the opposite of sin.
By taking the fruit that Eve offered him, Adam showed his desire to become like God. He elevated himself and rebelled against God's command. And as a result, he was brought down to death. But Christ did not grasp for equality with God. Rather, he humbled himself. And as a result, he was raised up to life everlasting. Now, what must we do in response to this? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation. This, this salvation isn't something that lets us sit on our laurels, but rather it's a new way of living. That we honour God with our lives instead of dishonouring him. So we always act in love, not in selfish ambition. We don't see and desire and take. But we see, desire and put it before God and obey him. Always act in love to God, to our neighbour, to ourself, one another here, even to our enemies. And this means to be kind, which is another way of saying go out of your way for someone else, inconvenience yourself, humble yourself, be a servant to others, and to be patient, long-suffering. Even if you would rather that cup taken from you, be patient, endure. Don't grumble and argue. That's not love, that's selfishness. Instead, put others above your personal comfort. After all, Christ put you above his comfort. So serve with love. Not with a heavy heart, but with a light heart. Then you will be blameless, like stars in the sky, shining in a dark world. And will the world see a shining light or just another type of darkness? Will they see sincere love or just the trappings? It would be a shame if all the sermons preached here were for nothing. For what were we saved if not for a God-honouring life? So then let us live in a way that honours him. And love is that way. Don't grumble and moan, but be patient and kind. You don't have to agree with everything and be a yes person, but you don't have to be an argumentative troublemaker either. Sin so easily snares. But have hope. Because Jesus beats sin into submission. So be obedient and have his same attitude. Live lives of humility and loving service. Because eyes are on you. The world watches and your Father in heaven watches. So shine like stars. Be a light to this dark world. And stand out with your lives. Be a light. Make it my Father's joy to be your pastor and to lead this congregation. So that he can be just as proud of you as Paul was of the Philippians.
Yeah? So that he can say on the day of Christ, look here. So that Ron can say this church was worth planting. You know? And, and you know, all the other people who have ministered here and worked here, they can say, you know, this wasn't a waste of energy. This wasn't a waste of time. But rather it bore good fruit. Work out your salvation. It takes effort. No one's going to dispute that. It takes effort to get out of that habit. To see and take. It takes effort to care. But it's so much more worth it. Ultimately, it's a matter of life and death. And I exhort you to choose life. Thank you. Trying to work it out a bit. There we go.